Hello and welcome to Sounds Heal podcast. I am your host, Natalie Brown, and thanks so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound healing, sound therapy, and generally the use of sound for health and wellness. Today, our guest is Marla Lee, who is one of the world's few uh, professional frame drummers. And she's also a Grammy-nominated percussionist and flautist and is an internationally recognized educator, performer, and composer. She's the CEO of Frame Drum Academy, and um, which hosts two signature programs, Frame Drum 101 and Frame Drum 202. And she has students all over the world. And in this conversation, we talk really about um, the way she balances technical and spiritual aspects in her drumming and teaching. Uh, we talk about improvisation, spontaneity, the role of joy in playing, and also healing, uh, the qualities of drumming uh, as a healing instrument, as a way to get yourself in sync and aligned and harmonized, and also why drumming is important right now, so important right now. And so it was really a pleasure to speak with Marla. This podcast is sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa, located in Sarasota, Florida, and also online at theohmshop.com. They have the country's largest showroom of crystal bowls, vibrational tools, and really a wonderful place if you're looking to up your level of sound healing tools. Um, they're a great resource as well. They will help you figure out exactly what you need if you're looking for a particular note uh, with an instrument. And so uh, please check out the Ohm Shop at Spa. And thank you so much to them for their support and sponsorship of this podcast. Please enjoy this episode with Marla Lee. All right, Marla, thank you so much for joining me and for your time today. I want to start off just by asking you a bit about your background, especially for those listeners that don't know about you. Um, you know, childhood influences. I know you have a musical lineage. Just anything you want to talk about those early years diving into music. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be a part of this and share my passion and love for music and healing with the world. Um, well, I feel, you know, my, my younger years were bittersweet. You know, I feel really fortunate that um, I come from a very musical family. So my, my father was an opera singer and a doctor, and my mother was a piano player. My sister was the older sister who played music, and I always wanted to do everything that uh, my sister did. So I started music very, very young. Um, I started piano lessons at three. And uh, let's see, uh, mm -hmm. 40, 40, uh, 46 years, 40, 44 years later, I'm still studying music. Um, but uh, I, I really went to music my whole life as, as a place of healing. And it actually really started young. Um, so, you know, I, I'm very grateful for those early years, just having the piano to go to as a place that I called home that I didn't know, you know, it was just there and it was a lot of fun and it just sounded fun and play and I enjoyed it, but there was so much more going on than what I, what I had known. And, you know, to be quite honest, my mom died when I um, turned four and I 
was on that piano all the time, you know, and, and my, my dad would be like, uh, I want you to write letters to mom in heaven. And instead of letters, I wrote her songs on the piano and we would record them and, and, and bring them to the mailbox every Sunday. But I really felt like that connection I had at a young age with music for healing my, my heart. Although I didn't know she was gone. She was in a place called heaven with clouds and butterflies and, you know, but, um, yeah, so it started at a young age and it's never stopped, really. It's still it's still like the bomb, the, the healing salve for my heart, you know, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, so it was really a way to express and kind of work through grief in, in a way. Initially, just being able to uh, communicate and express yourself through song. And when did more of the, you know, technical training happen? I know, you know, both on flute and drum you know when did those come in for well you? i started on piano actually technically i, I grew yeah. up in rochester new york so rochester new york is home to one of the best music schools conservatories the eastman school of music so i had eastman qualified teachers my whole life um and my sister was a very good musician and and so i wanted to be like her so i started at three piano lessons um and then I would go to these band concerts uh, for my sister, you know, and she'd play the clarinet. And I, and I, I love this long silver thing. I was like, I want to play that. So I actually started flute lessons early. Um, You're supposed to start in fourth grade. I think I started in third grade. And my teacher had bad breath. And I was so sad because my flute always. <laughs> and so I quit. I was like so excited to play the flute and I quit. Um, these are funny stories, and just, but anyway, so I decided that I want to play the flute so badly that I would bring mints to my classes. So at fourth grade, I started again, and I brought mints to my teacher. But I continued with the classical flute um, all through high school, and also classical piano. And uh, I always wanted to improvise, you know. And my teacher wouldn't—they would be like, "No, we don't do improvisation here." And I was like, "All right." So uh, I was I was really into playing the classical music and flute was my baby. I really fell in love with the flute in high school and uh, was writing my own songs and was doing all these in, in the in the classical world when you're studying music. I sure as you remember this, you do these competitions, these all states, these all. And I was really into that and I got really into classical music. Um, but I decided I really wanted to do jazz and improvise. So I just, I, I started my music education in college as a, uh, as a music teacher. Uh, I was studying to be an educator. And then I decided to focus on performance um, on the flute. So I went to this, I transferred to a school called CalArts, which I just heard that you almost went to. And uh, I had no idea I was going to be a drummer. You know, I, I was on this road to be a composer and a jazz flautist. And then literally the first month of my school, uh, they had a concert with all of the professors and this man uh, named John Bergamo, he had, he, he looked so cool. He had all these drums and I was like, wow, what, what's the, what are these drums? He goes, just sit and listen. And um, it was a very special moment that I'll never forget because when he started playing those frame drums, I, I had the chills and this like, oh no, what's that instrument, you know? And I fell in love and he was like, well, you know, you're a student here. You can take private lessons with me, even though you're not a percussion major. And so, you know, I started taking frame drum lessons with him. And then I started taking tabla lessons and African drumming lessons. And all of a sudden, I ended up getting a master's in percussion. So I, I really followed the muse, you know, and um, I'm still obsessed as I was back then. It, it, it just It's amazing to just be bitten by the 
the bug of this this you know gift of music yeah where do you think that natural um like drive for spontaneity and improvisation came from was that just really natural like all the way back to making things up on the piano and was jazz you know in an academic setting the easiest way to get into that or can you talk a little bit about improvisation for you initially i i think improvisation is is important for everybody i think everybody should like i hate the word should but everybody i think it's important for humans to be in the world of improvisation right if we live our life every day we go down that same road we eat the same food we were you know it's like we need that spark of creativity so improv improvisation to me means creativity whether it's cooking a cool meal that i'm making up or coming up with a nice rhythm that i've never played before so you know i have deep respect for the classics for the classical music um and I think it's really important to study tradition. So in the percussion world with my instrument that I'm a specialist in, the frame drum, we have rhythms. We have all these wonderful traditional rhythms from around the world. And I love playing that, but I also really love coming up with my own rhythms. They, I have to, I can't just play what other people have done. Um, and this started as a little girl, you know, as I said, my, I, I loved my favorite thing to do. Literally, I have these pictures of me and these little like tutus on the piano. <laughs> I don't know where they are, but I'm like three years old and there's like tutu like playing the piano. Um, and, and I love to just play. And, and I, I felt this like sense of wonderland, you know, starting on the piano and then on the flute and now on the drum. So, you know, um, in, in my students, you want, with my students, I, I always like to encourage you studied the technical, you studied the tradition, but you also add in the element of spirituality and creativity. There is definitely a spiritual aspect in studying the, the technical and the traditional music, but there's a whole other spiritual element when you dive into the world of, you know, composing and creating your own rhythms, your own songs, you know, your own meals you know so i i love i love that world and um two of my main drum mentors uh they they also were very strong in improvisation so i went from the classical flute world which you know you understand where we don't improvise to having two mentors that are, were very respected you know one is not alive anymore one is uh, john bergamo and glenn velez john has passed but glenn velez is still around um, they were my two main influences uh, for over a decade, like studying with them. And their whole thing was improvising, you know. And I was like, yes, I finally found teachers who understand, you know. And I find it's, it's challenging for the people who come to drumming from a classical background, from a classical music background, because they, they have a hard time opening up and impro improvising. You know, and I totally understand. And, I, and then I tell them to imagine they're playing for their dog. You know, imagine, <laughs> I mean, are you feeling this right? Like, how are you with improvising now? Because I know you have, you told me you have a Suzuki background. So how yeah, is absolutely. I think, I think that's where the joy comes in, doesn't it? I mean, I think it's fantastic to have the technical background and really be able to play whatever, whatever you want in, in a skillful way. But then to just let that go, like, how do you feel today? And just how do you play it out? How do you, how do you release things and, and yeah so I think that's where the playfulness and joy comes in um, rather than everybody just playing the same way you know that's really how I was trained is okay you play this piece this way and you pass this piece once it's played perfectly 
Um, and so, yeah, for me, it was really getting away from, from that and getting into, well, why? Why am I playing this? You know, what is it really for? So as a way of expression, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's good to have the technique because then it allows you to have this sense of freedom in your playing. Right. What, whatever it is. Like, I, I really, I'm also really into cooking and I do not like reading recipes. And, I, and, I, and it's like, if I would only read the recipes, so now I look at it like, okay, I read the recipes. It's like learning your drumming technique or your violin technique. You get the techniques. And then when it comes to improvising, you just kind of put it together. Maybe I will put, you know, sugar in my <laughs> chicken soup. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, why not? Give it a try. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, you know, with your um, Frame Drum Academy that you that you run, is that kind of how you structure it? You teach the technique, you really get the foundations, and then um, encourage them to, to be playful within kind of a, a framework or structure. Is that how you present it? Exactly. Well, I believe in a two-part practice. I believe in a spiritual and technical practice. So I'm actually a technique uh, junkie. I'm really into technique. And one of the things I like so much about this instrument called the frame drum is that, you know, we are still developing new techniques. So it's not like these are the four things that you do and that's it. You know, these are the seven notes on the scale. You know, there are like, I'm still exploring new, we call them extended techniques. And, 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 you know, it, some of them we make up, some comes from traditional Indian music, Persian drumming we and it's like it's amazing so it's still it's still expanding and so I love technique where we get down to like the detail of where the finger is placed on each drum and and, and I really believe that the student it's important for students to have good technique because then it allows them that freedom to play with ease and and, and grace so when, and then every once in a while after I'm like teaching really big technique stuff I like, okay let's take a break now just go out under a tree and play you know, no video and just like, so I really encourage them to balance that, you know, like do ceremonies under the moon, full moons, you know, new moons, just like to really have that technical and spiritual um, balance, which is really, really important. And, you know, when they play a rhythm, what kind of, what kind of variation can they put into it? Instead of just having them play what I play, what would a variation you would do? So, you know, always kind of opening that door for them to, to explore. Um, yeah. Right. And just realizing that it's limitless, like you were saying with those extended techniques and, you know, really tuning into, um, the heritage of the drum and, and the different cultures, it is truly limitless. And that's what keeps it exciting and keeps it, um, inspiring. Especially with the frame drum. I mean, yeah. especially when we're talking, I mean, if you were to think about the violin, I mean, <laughs> sure. You know, they might not be teaching your your extended technique in, in Manhattan School of Music, you know, but like yeah. with the frame drum, because it's so like, it's still kind of an unknown instrument, you know, and, and it's, we, we really have this freedom to explore it. And, but I think it's true with all instruments, whether it is the frame drum or a violin, you know, however, it, I think it's really fun to explore new, new approaches to it, you know. And uh, I, I mean, I can't, I feel so fortunate that I'm, so passionately in love with something after being such a nut in love with it for now almost 30 years. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, right? Like you would think after 30 years of studying something intensely, you'd kind of be like, all right, 
you know, but I, yeah. I, I think it's amazing. So, um, and, and it's because there are new things to learn and there are always new things, new avenues to go with the flow of, of what you're doing. And so it's, it's endless. You can interview me when I'm a hundred, when we're a hundred and we can both. You'll still be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But the sound healing. Yeah. Once you, once you find that thing, that spark, like everything's led you to it. But once you find that thing, it's like there's endless rabbit holes and it's just a, a beautiful adventure. Yeah, it really is. Well, I know you're really into Nada Yoga. And one of the amazing thing with the frame drum, it's like you can be highly technical, which is definitely something I'm passionate about. Or you could just sit and play a simple one stroke and like let the resonance of the drum just do this healing on you. Or you could also put the drum over somebody's body and play it that way. Like there's so many healing portals, you know, and, um, you know, overtones within the drum. It's, it's, it's such a powerful drum, you know, for musically, but also for healing, you know, for therapy and healing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that brings in a question, you know, what makes one way of drumming a sacred act versus another way of drumming not a sacred act you know is drumming sacred and how do you approach it in a way that is sacred or, or spiritual or healing i think it's just your 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 everyone's personal opinion you know i could be playing a piece of music that's fully notated that's you know and it could be sacred it's how i feel about it you know you could be playing a bach sonata and it's sacred it's just your it's your attitude i feel yeah attitude and intention yeah mm -hmm. now with the tradition and heritage of drums and the frame drum why do you think it is so relevant and um influential in our in our modern times why do you think it's important right now i see a lot of of my my own students joining in on the frame drum why do you think it's so relevant right now so many reasons well the frame drum is a, a a rich has a rich tradition with women so you know for those listening who don't know about the frame drum it is one of the only drums uh, that was traditionally played by women i think it is the original drum that women played years ago thousands of years ago and they played it in cultures all over the world for healing for sacred rites of passages for ceremony and so I think a lot of people are hearing about it. More people are, you know, waking up to this. And when they hear about, wow, there's an ancient lineage of drumming for women, this is crazy. And it revolves around ritual and, and healing and, and spiritual spirituality and connection. I'm in, tell me more, you know? And it's quite easy to learn to play the frame drum. You know, it's not something that you have to like spend years to get a, a tone. You can, you know, I, I, I can get people playing the frame drum within 30 minutes, you know, it's like, it's a, it's an instrument that you can really get a lot of joy from without having a lot of super intense technique. And, you know, whereas like if I'm learning to play the flute or the violin, I have to figure out like where to put my lips on that head joint to get that sound or the violin. I don't want to squeak like a cat. <laughs> like I want it to sound like a beautiful. So I think it, it's, it's, a, it's easier to play. So, and people are hearing about it and it's portable. So it's a wonderful instrument that you can bring when you travel, when you go camping, you know, so it's an instrument that you can bring to gatherings really easily. So people see it at a gathering, they're like, oh, I want to use that for my chanting. Let me get one, you know, and, and so it's when, when I was starting out, um, I, there, there were not many women frame drummers at all. And now it's like it's like a movement and it's beautiful. You know, it's really beautiful to see. And uh, and it's a tradition, you know, this this is an oral tradition. So. 
Um, we actually just uh, had a memorable um, event online for one of the women uh, named Lane Redmond who wrote the book called When the Drummers Were Women. And she was a very pivotal um, woman in the tradition of frame drumming because she created this book that talked about all of the different cultures of frame drumming and showed pictures and really brought you know this history into awareness. And um, so I was I we were I did a video for that and I was just saying how like this is such a lineage based practice and it's important you know when you're working with a lineage based practice to continue it on right to like share it share it and share it so it's it's amazing that so many women are really uh, are connecting to it and for those listening you know all of my teachers were men so this is not just a women's um, uh, drumming you know tradition we're working with. It's also an instrument that men play too. But I, I think that women now have more freedom, you know, and, and uh, they're really finding that connection with the drumming. and It's, it's beautiful. And um, I think it's also a, a very personally healing instrument. So whether you plan on playing it out for anything or you just want it for your own self, you know, wellness. It, and right now we need it <laughs> like more than anything, you know. So I think that people are also you know, okay, I've always wanted to play an instrument. What is it going to be? You know, I have a lot of students that tell me that, you know, I've always wanted to drum and now is the time. I don't have any goals. I just want to play for myself. And then they end up playing for their husband or their, their partner or their grandmother or their mother, or their kids, you know, it's in the family. So it's, it's amazing this instrument and all the different ways it can be used, you know. Yeah, what you said there brought up two other questions. I mean, specifically with the, the the women aspect, you did, I think it was your debut album and the video last year, Rhythms of Toph Miriam. And I'll, I'll put a link for that for, for people to, to listen and watch um, because it's really amazing the, the artists that you got involved and of course, uh, the whole story behind it. Would you mention a little bit about who is Miriam and, and how that project came about? Sure, with pleasure. So um, I, uh, I, told, I, was, I was mentioning before, the frame drum is a, it comes from an ancient lineage of women drummers. So women from all over the world played the frame drum. And in one of the cultures, the Jewish culture, Miriam the prophetess uh, played the frame drum. And I, when I heard about the story of Miriam, I had the chills like you never believe because I'm Jewish and my name, my name at birth is Miriam. And the, the Jewish people believe in, in reincarnation, right? And I was like, and so I heard this story about what the frame drum means in the Jewish culture. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, basically, the, the meaning of it, it's uh, called the timbrel. And it's talked about in the book of Exodus and the Torah. And um, in the moment, so the Israelites were slaves in the desert for many, many years. And, uh, you know, think about it. When you're going into the desert, what are you going to bring with you? Are you going to bring with you your frame drum? Are you going to? Bring, I will, but will, will you? You're going to bring water, food, you know. So Miriam, because she was a prophetess, she saw into the future, and so she brought with her a frame drum, or also called a timbrel. And in the moment that the Red Sea split and the Israelites were freed, the Torah quotes it says, "And Miriam came along, and song and timbrel, and all the other women followed." So Miriam led women in this journey of celebration with the timbrel in her hand, the frame drum in her hand. 
And that's what happened, you know, at the pivotal moment when the Israelites were freed, when the Jewish people were freed from slavery. So that's like such a powerful moment in history. So this video and my debut album is called Rhythm to Tof Miriam. It's dedicated to Miriam and also the lineage of women frame drummers. And the video is kind of like a bibliodrama of that moment. Like the, the first part is like we're walking in the desert, you know, um, and we're just like, we have, and, and I depict that with these long time cycles in the music. And then there's the moment where there's the freedom, the Red Sea split, right? And that's our fire scene. And like with these beautiful, beautiful dancers. And, and then it's like a more upbeat kind of rhythm. And it, it, it's, it was such a magical experience. The whole project was fundraised by my uh, students and my fans and friend, friends. And I ended up making a debut album. Actually, was just going to make an, one song video in Israel. And then it was flowing so nicely that I recorded a whole album. And it was like, it was amazing. It was such, an, uh, such a powerful experience um, to record music in this land, you know, with such history. And I really felt Miriam's presence. You know, I really can feel that connection. And I hope to go back there to record album number two. That's that, you know, if when, when they let in Americans right now, they're not letting in Americans, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but it's it's powerful, you know, like uh, I recommend reading Lane's book when the drummers were women, because it talks about all the different cultures, you know, like Chibeli and the, and the Mediterranean and the Greek culture and um, all these different cultures had the goddesses, you know, that represented the frame drum that had frame drum in it. So it's like, it's so cool. It's like, this is my culture because I'm Jewish. And, but you know, the Greeks, a lot of my students, they resonate with Chibeli and, and, and who she stands for, or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different goddesses that played the frame drum. So it's, it's powerful. And, um, I mean, it's what's, what, it's amazing story. Yeah. It's, it's, so in Israel, the, 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 they play the Tof Miriam in school. It's an instrument that little kids learn. Um, and you know, it was just an instrument that they jingled around. But now because of, of the works of some of the amazing uh, musicians in Israel, it's become more of a, of a professional instrument. And yes, yeah. Amazing. What an experience, I'm sure. Yeah, and you have a, a wonderful musicians on, on that as well. And yeah, are you already kind of thinking of the next one? Yeah, no, I, I actually actively am. I actually was ready to book my ticket. Uh, and then they blocked the, um, they blocked, they blocked Americans from visiting. And I even was like, oh my God, maybe I could become a guest lecturer at a university, but they're, they won't let you in unless it's for like business purposes, uh, like, like necessity business purpose. I, I'm like, but drumming is a necessity business pur right. purpose. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I actively, and I really, I really love composing music. And what was really special this year for the first time, I taught my students the, the rhythms of the song, the rhythms of Tok Maryam, the, the title track, and it was really special uh, to teach that. And um, I, I love the model of composing music and teaching it. Uh, that's kind of what I'd like to do, teach my songs. Um, and yeah, it's, it's beautiful. There's a lot of freedom in that, but structure, right? Yeah. Right. The balance. Yeah. The balance. Absolutely. The balance. Yeah. I'm curious also, um, you mentioned earlier kind of the healing qualities. And a lot of people say that drums can help you get in sync oh, yeah. when you're when you're feeling misaligned. You know, what what does that kind of mean to be out of sync and how can the drum help you get more like in your pulse, in your groove? 
This is a fabulous question and I'm so happy that you addressed it. Um, so, you know, so many people associate drumming to be a hippie thing. They imagine the guy with like no deodorant, running around with a drum, you know, eating carrots and like. <laughs> so um, there are so many proven, you know, art health benefits of drumming. And there's been so much research done by doctors about the health benefits of drumming. And I think that's fabulous. Uh, in, in my Frame Drum Academy programs, we actually have a bonus module where I provide people with like 25 articles on the healing benefits of drumming that I did not write, you know, like done by professionals where they talk about all of the different, you know, aspects of healing that come from drumming. And so when you think about it and you think about drumming, when you're playing with your left hand, you're activating your right brain hemisphere. When you're playing with your right hand, you're activating your left brain hemisphere. So when you put them together and you're doing drumming, you're really like uh, creating dopamine in the brain because you're creating this alchemical reaction. And it, it changes like your states of being, you know, to theta can change, change all of that, your states of consciousness. And so this is one of the big reasons why drumming is now used as an outpatient therapy for Parkinson's, for dementia, for depression, for anxiety. You know, it really, it's in an immediate um, energy shifter. So I'm a nut. I have a drum in every single room in my house, in my car. Um, and, and I go to sleep with music. Every night I have to drum before I go to sleep. And, and, and it's, it's like amazing i don't i don't you know and that's why i like to teach my students you don't have to have the videos in front of you you don't have to have the music you just pick up your instrument and play you know and you will notice that it will shift your energy like if you're having a bad day you know put a drum by your desk and just you know stand up for a couple minutes drum put up you can you know if you don't know what to play you can put on some music that's always a great way to get the energy flowing is put on some music and play along and it just will like shift it's like the best addiction ever you know, and I want you to become addicted to it. You know, it's like become uh, a drum addict, become a DA because <laughs> it's so healthy for you. And, and I think humans are, are, you know, we have an addictive personality and to find things that you can go to that, you know, not only help you, but they help your family and your community, you know, like, hey, honey, having a bad day, let's drum. Let's get the kids together and drum instead of let's just watch Netflix and eat popcorn and not talk to each other or look on our iPhones, you know? So I'm a big component on the health benefits of drumming. And, um, and, and, you know, when I do, when I used to do gigs and I used to do more like the sophisticated gigs, right? Not just like a concert, but like more of a clinic, I would always present them with material about the healing aspect of drumming. So they understand why it's important, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I. You know, I can't guarantee it, but it might be the most researched instrument when it comes to, to healing. I think the it voice. Might, the voice, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The voice and the drum, though. Yeah. There's a lot of research out there, though, overall. There's a ton of research for different populations and, you know, individuals, but, you know, using it with groups of people, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's great for elderly, too. I mean, it's great for, it's for all, great for all ages, kids with autism, you know, um, and, and then also all the way up to the elderly dealing with Parkinson's and, and, you know, dementia, it's, it's, and just us right now for sanity and grounding <laughs> everyday life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For somebody, you know, just getting their first drum, is that what you would, is that what you might advise is just 
when you're feeling a little off, maybe it's like really anxious or maybe it's really lethargic, just play the drum and, and see the, if the way that you play it can shift you. You know, just like our heart, if it's beating a little too fast, well, maybe you're just gonna play the drum a little slower to bring it down. Yeah, I recommend that, you know, you, you, you know, first of all, the investment of a drum, you don't have to buy a fancy drum, you can buy very inexpensive, like, you know, Remo frame drum online, you, or whatever drum you want to get. Um, so you don't have to think you have to have, you know, a huge fancy drum to begin, you know, anything works, you could even play a, a book, a box, a pot, you know, I play boxes, boxes sound really good. Um, and then I recommend that you, you know, like, turn off your lights, light a candle, really kind of change your environment. So you can really just like take a moment to like go, go within yourself and play. And as I mentioned before, if you need that extra stimulation, motivation, put on your favorite song, you know, and you can even like, if your drum is small, you could get up and dance around and play just like the basic beat, you know, and you could sing and just really let your, let your soul free, you know, and have no inhibitions. Imagine that you're drumming for your dog or, or if you have a kid imagine that you're like you are that two-year-old like with a drum you don't care you're just playing you know and like let that freedom in yeah and you know you can journal about it when you're done with it if you want to just really like wow okay that was awesome and I want to do that again yeah and it's true it does reflect on how you feel you know some days you don't want to play loud and crazy you want to play soft and slow and that's great you know it's it's wonderful that if you, especially with a frame drum, it has that dynamic capacity. You know, you can play just so soft to get this incredible rebound of healing vibration. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of the frame drums come with uh, the, the beater, but it, it seems like most of what you're teaching is with with your hands. Is that a particular tradition, or um, do you teach both? Well, the beater is the more shamanic approach it is the shamanic approach and the beater uh is yeah they use that in the bauron and the shaman tradition i i am um I, I play that but i do not teach that i teach finger so i'm really into the hands the actual hands on the drum and our fingers are yeah there's so many possibilities <laughs> and and we play the frame drum in three different styles so you know it's 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 quite amazing yeah, your hands can really bring out the different tones, you know, and uh, um, different qualities, different textures, different layers, and and all. And there's the motor skills too, you know. And I think it really um, triggers some different things uh, cognitively uh, and muscle memory wise when you're using more more of your body to play. Yeah. One, well, it's a meditation, and that's another reason why I love it so much. You know, it's I call it, we call it rhythmic mantra, right? Because you. When you're drumming, you are focused. You're not thinking about your Facebook status or, you know, it's it's really a focused practice. And and then when you add in, you know, some um, guidelines, say, okay, I want to improvise in the meter of four. You got to definitely focus more on that instead of just going, blah, 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 you know, but yet there's freedom in there. Uh, so I, I love how drumming helps me focus. It, it really does. From having to learn, a, you know, a two hour long, tabla composition where, where you're playing very intricate rhythms for two hours where every rhythm is you know to just playing you know and just being in the rhythm for two hours you know all of it has its 
its own beauty. And I think it's, it's so important for us to have these practices that help focus our mind and help bring peace in our heart and, and just like clear that mental chatter, you know, especially now. I mean, oh my gosh, if I was a kid growing up and I had the phones and the text and the, I mean, I am so lucky that I grew up in the nineties where, where we didn't have that like distraction because it's so now easy to get distracted and our minds are, we're just running everywhere. So we need these elements of music to help ground us and help us be present in this moment, you know? Yeah, I agree. It really um, is a meditative practice and it also brings in the role of joy. I think that role of joy is so important when I, when I see you play is that, you're just, I mean, you might be really focused on what you're doing, but it's almost like um, you're, not wor- you're not worried about it. There's no, you've just kind of let go and it, it's mm-hmm. fun no matter what you're playing. Even if you're te- teaching a simple rhythm, there's just so much joy in your playing. I think that's so important. Oh, thank you for yeah. saying that. I, well, I, I feel it, you know, and, you know, they, they taught you, they taught you when you were playing your violin as a little girl to always smile, right? When you're playing, right? They taught me to play, you know, to smile on stage, but, but, but I can't hide it. Like if I am stressed out, <laughs> if it's hard and I don't want to play it, I'll, I will show it on my face. So I really focus on playing music that feels good and makes me smile from my heart. And that's what you see, you know? Yeah. Well, lastly, you know, I'm wondering what you're curious about right now. Is there particular research or a different style of music or what's really kind of sparking your interest right now? Good question. Peace on the earth and COVID free and and really just, I think the world needs more healing. Um, I feel like we have just lived through, we are still in the time of COVID and it's just rocked our world in so many ways and all these, all the deaths and all the sadness and tragedy. I feel like this is such an important time for healing, for us to wake up to self-care and to caring for others. And with drumming, my, my love and my practice have, have deepened so much. And I, um, I'm very much excited to work on my next album and, uh, add you know it's going to be really focused on healing rhythms of healing and i'm looking forward to doing more concerts really creating experiences for people not just having them go to a concert but like really creating healing experiences i just don't know when we can create concerts because of the delta variant and all that but i i really would love to create you know experiences more retreats and more concerts where people can have you know these healing experiences with the sonic alchemy of music and I'm very passionate about it because uh, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's our, we, we need these healing modalities now more than ever. So that's what I'm focused on. Yeah, yeah I agree. More than ever. Well, thank you for the healing that you are offering the world through your, through your drumming, your compositions, through your teaching. Um, it's so wonderful to have learned um, about you from my students that are taking your classes. It's just, um, I, I love what you offer. And they, these students all mention the joy aspect, the spontaneity, um, the balance of um, playfulness and technique. And I, I think it's so valuable um, to approach it that way. So thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for your time uh, on this podcast as well. 
Oh, well, thank you for having me and for all of the beautiful work that you do. Thank you. It's, it's beautiful that we have the similar students. I think that is, yeah. that's, that's really special. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Hopefully. one day we could play music together, huh? That'd hey, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast, sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. And keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com. Check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio. And you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio. Be well and stay tuned. <laughs>